0: This
1: is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello.
2: Hey man, we're back on the regular feed for the first mm-hmm. time in almost a month. The lazy summer days are over and like we're shifting into take mode. It's great.
1: Yes, unfortunately, the lazy summer weather is still with us. It is a stonk and 37 degrees and not sunny outside, the worst combination of things. But we are here to try and brighten up your day with some uh, news notes and then we'll be taking a deep dive into a pretty game from yesteryear. But uh,
2: yep. it's before like that, ins- yeah. It's like living inside yeah. an armpit at the minute.
1: It really Absolutely is. Absolutely terrible. But uh, yeah, welcome back. I did a little interview last week uh, and then patrons would have heard us do a question time earlier this week, but this is the first time Nick and I have been back on the airways with you in 2024. Big year to come. Lots of exciting things that will be announced very soon. We've got our season previews coming up and plenty more. Stay tuned. But for now, let's jump into
0: some news. Simi Rondrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Rondrandra. And Radradra is away. Simi Rondrandra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Simi Rondrandra.
1: When Tavita Pangai retired, in inverted commas, what percentage of you would have bet your life savings that he would at some point play rugby league again?
2: Ah, uh, look, a small percentage, but it's only because my life savings are meager and would ah, not proffer so much it, of a return. You know? I
1: would have put everything except my Boba Fett action figure, even on, even uh, even
2: the life of your dog Link.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, and never never bet the Fat Man or Link, <laughs> but like it was like. To me, I think I would like link. A lot, I, would like, I
2: would like link a lot more of his name as Boba Fett.
1: That's I'll put I'll put that to charge. She does love Star Wars, so maybe um, we could maybe see here gonna, we go. Yeah, but yeah, Tavita Pango Jr. Uh, back training with the Broncos could be in the fold in some capacity going forward. He's obviously not the player he was uh, in his first stint at Brisbane at his best. But this, I mean, I I never thought the boxing thing was real. I always thought he would come back to the NRL at some point and. If you'd asked me to bet on a club, I probably would have said the Broncos as well. So none of this is coming as a surprise to me, Nick. The one thing that kind of is surprising to me is how divided Broncos fans seem to be. some of them are like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's a bit of a free roll here, bit of a bit of a bit of a, a lottery ticket. If he works, he works. If he doesn't, he doesn't." And others just don't want him anywhere near the boys. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this shakes out.
2: It will be. It's not as simple as just getting him in on a cheap deal getting him mm. fit and having him come off the bench and crack a few heads for 20 minutes each week. He's talking about playing footy and boxing at the same time. I think with the way that sort of rosters and squads and contracts and all that, and all, and all that work out along with, you know, the fact that he does want to have a couple of fights in the early part of this year, I don't think the Broncos are actually going to be able to sign him until June. I'm pretty sure I read that right in the, the courier mail, the Brisbane paper of note. And so if I was the Broncos, you know, Having him down at training, hanging out with the boys is fine. He's clearly still very close to a lot of the players. I think guys like Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan, um, Pango Junior was something of a senior player and a real alpha male when they were coming through the ranks. So you know they're obviously very close to him. Don't have a problem being down there hanging out, but in terms of making a play and come back, I'd kind of be like, you know what, Tavita, I'll, if you, you can't come, you can't join the club till June. We'll see how you go. Mm-hmm. All right, like come back and if you fit, then. Then, then we might play your big dog. But he seems like he sort of seems like the kind of guy whose wants and needs and desires for his own career change a lot and change rapidly. And I can see why going up back up to Brisbane, catching up with all the boys, being around a team that is really successful and being around a program that clearly has a great vibe around it right now. I can see why he'd want to be a part of that. But to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think Brisbane need him at all. You know, I know that they've lost a couple of key guys over this offseason. It's Tom Flegler to the Dolphins. They've lost Kurt Capewell to the Warriors. They probably don't have as much experience in the middle of the field, but it's like a lack of experience and a lack of talent aren't always the same thing. I think they've got a couple of guys who are really ready to make a big step up. This uh, Like Xavier Willison, who's, played like I think 10 or 11 games over the last couple of years. I think he's ready to take that next step. They've got this absolute young giant named Ben Takura, who Kevin Walters has been really excited. A large, about a large all preseason, life. a big boy, a big unit. And if I was the Broncos and I had a coaching staff that had been so successful in building a really strong workman like culture that over the last 12 months, uh, a culture where you've seen guys like Keenan Palacia go from, bit part first graders to like absolute killers. You know, there are mm. guys who were a lot less talented than Tavita Pangua was in his heyday who have got, who got a lot out of themselves. You know, I would rather give the shot to someone like Rory Ferguson. who's probably a name that a lot of people don't know, but he's um he was captain of South Logan last year. He's one of those guys who's been grinding away in the Q cup for a good couple of seasons. I would rather, re, I would rather reward an opportunity to somebody like that, then give it to Pangai Jr. who it seems pretty clear plays hard when he wants, trains hard when he wants, puts in when he wants, Mm. you know? And I don't like saying that about Tavita Pangai Jr. because I've been a huge believer for a really long time. Like 2024 is the beginning of my second decade of believing in, or it would have been, if I was still in on Pangai Jr., 2024 would be the beginning of my second decade believing in him. Mm you know, I loved him when he was at Canberra. I always loved him at the Broncos. I made a lot of excuses for him when he, when he didn't quite live up to it or when he had things go wrong off the field. Talked a lot about um, at Penrith, how good he was for them, how they don't win that prelim against Melbourne in 2021 without him. I defended the, the, when he signed with the Bulldogs and he was a bit lackluster. I was like, there's still something there. Even when he got picked for the blues last year, I was like, this can still work, but Mm. At some point, a guy is what his record says he is, you know? And I haven't forgotten that when Pangai Jr. did announce that he was retiring last year to go on box, he said, I'm sick of listening to coaches. I'm sick of listening to halfbacks. I want to do my own thing. And like, That's fine, man. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if you want somebody with an attitude like that around your squad, you know?
1: The strength for Brisbane in the last couple of years is how everyone's sort of buying into this one team, one goal mentality, and no one's getting out of line and, and we've seen in very sort of small examples of like when guys do get out of line, they suddenly, you know, Corey Pakes, for example, like gets a bit, gets a bit out of shape about his playing time. He's out of the team. Tyson Smoothie steps up. And, and they've kind of sort of been this one team, one goal, very premiership driven squad for the better part of the last two years. And I think it does kind of send a pretty bad message to welcome a guy like Pangai with his attitude issues. And as you just highlighted, the comments that he made as recently as what, three or four months ago just to welcome a guy like that back into the fold. And then with him there, that would be pushing someone else down the totem pole as well. Like, I don't think any aspect of it would reflect the values that Kevin Walters are try- has tried to install in Brisbane in the last 18 months to 24 months. And so I'd be shocked, like reasonably surprised if he plays any sort of like meaningful part in Brisbane's push for a premiership in the second half of this season. I would be relatively shocked if he is a meaningful contributor even if it is just 20 minutes off the bench if he if he is hanging around at training for the next couple of months that's a different story but to everything you just said and for everything that we've seen the Broncos both say and and back up with their actions yeah. in the last two seasons I think I, I agree with you mate I would be relatively surprised not just if he was there but if he was able to have a contribution that you could say is a net positive which is kind of sad that we're saying this about a guy who even as little, as as little as like two or three years ago was still a guy that was very respected and very fearsome when it came to r- running the football. And, and it's still a guy that was so highly regarded, despite, you know, his problems at Brisbane and leaving, going to Penrith, going to the dogs, all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I can't see this working out with a, with a rosy ending for Tavita and the Broncos.
2: God, we sound like our fathers, don't we?
1: It's it a, a little bit, but like, <laughs> I think that there is a, like, I think that no matter how old you are and, there it's kind of obvious that Brisbane have had a real culture change since Walters got there. And especially since they've sort of had this era of being back to being one of the big dogs in the competition again. They've really tried to go away from everything that we, we mocked them for in that sort of yeah. period, the Seabold period and the period just before and after that where like, Based after Sorry, just after Wayne leaves. And then they, they're kind of in the wilderness for a couple years there. They get the wooden spoon. And, you know, it, it seemed like a very individualistic team at times. It seemed like a lot of guys were just out there sort of doing their own thing. There was like like Milford's form went off the cliff. Tevita Pangai left the club. I mean, I think you could sum it up with Darius Boyd doing a gender reveal on the field after they got pumped by 7,000 yeah. points. Like this was a club that was deeply unserious a couple of years ago. And they've taken great strides to turn all of that around. Uh, in in 2022 and 23 and going into 2024, they're going to be one of the favourites to finally knock Penrith off the perch. So yeah, I I just think it clashes with everything that we've seen from them.
2: Yeah, and like Brisbane are a club where it's very easy to get ahead of yourself because you know they are so big and so visible and for such a long time, they were the only game in town in one Mm. of Rugby League's great cities. That's a little bit different now with the Dolphins, but that sort of Bronco exceptionalism still still abides, you know, and you can become a star there far more quickly than you can at other clubs. And I think for a while there or for a long time, their Brisbane sort of lost their way. Guys got spots in the team before they really earned it, before they had to really fight for it. And I think a lot of them took it for granted, you know, and I that they've changed that a lot. They've changed that a lot. If you look at a different veteran prop who went there last year and was a great success was Martin Tapaul. Right. So he, he, I thought he was really slowing down at Manly. I thought he was, I thought he didn't have much of a future in the league. I thought he hadn't sort of really grasped that time had come for him for a little bit and he couldn't be, you know, the, the, the beast in the middle of the field that he had been in the past, but he went to Brisbane, totally re totally embraced the role of coming off the bench being a veteran leader, providing great energy, providing a great example to the young fellas, not just in games, but in training as well. One of my favorite things, um, one of my favorite little moments in the Broncos season last year was during the first Battle of Brisbane, when Katoni Stags latches onto that Milford kick and takes off and goes the length of the field. Watch the replay. Tupper is on the sideline and he's going absolutely crazy. He's whip. He's like got the, he's got like a towel out and he's whipping it round. Like he's in, <laughs> like he's in pits, like he's cheering the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that. It's fabulous stuff. Right. And it was a real credit to Tupper that he was able to make that change
0: because mm. a
2: lot of guys aren't. And I just don't know. if Tavita junior could make that sort of change. No, you know, but, but like I said, I think Brisbane, if I was Brisbane, I'd say, okay, big dog, like, it come back when you like, if you think you can actually do this, come back in June and we'll talk about it then. Cause like everything could have changed by then. Maybe he gets knocked out twice and he's like, no, this actually sucks. I want to go play Q cup somewhere. (laughs) Maybe maybe he wins both the fights. And he's like, Oh, actually I want to fight at Madison square garden. It's going to be great. Like I enjoyed the Tavita Pangai junior ride for a really long time, but Mm. I'm ready to get off. I'm ready to get off.
1: Totally fair. Um, the Dragons uh, look to have signed Ronald Volkman for 2024, which is a sign that you quite liked at the time, but then in the day since that was announced, it's it's come out that he failed the medical, gone back to the Warriors, and now the Warriors will be fitting uh, the bill for his shoulder surgery that he's going to have to have. A real tough couple of weeks for, for the young playmaker who's shown some flashes of, of sort of having what it takes to play at the NRL level at times.
2: Yeah, it's a tremendous shame for Volkman and, and for Saints because I, I did lo- really like this as a signing. I think it's a young player with a lot of upside who's done really, really well in Reggie's over the last couple of years and probably needed a chance to make that step up, but he can't do that at the Warriors because there's so many blokes in front of him. I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever heard of a player failing a medical at a new club, mm-hmm. and then we, we had two of them in quick succession. It's a very soccer involved, Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And I, but, so... But yeah, I, this one, this one's still got a fair bit of runway on it, I think. The Warriors are, are blaming the Dragons for not doing their due, their due diligence. I think the Dragons are saying that the injury happened at the Warriors and they weren't told about it or something like that. So there's a real tug. Well, there was some good news earlier this week. The Warriors are going to foot the bill for his shoulder surgery. So that should get him back on the field at some point. I've no doubt that he'll wash up somewhere and get a chance somewhere. He's talented enough that someone will still take a shot on him. But I tell you, it just continues what has been a, like a horror off season for the dragons like feels like nothing's going right there at the minute
1: yeah i mean they 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 made what they, they got Corey allen he's already gone ron volkman not coming at all and still massive question marks i mean not even mentioning the amone stuff but like yeah, still massive question marks in a bunch of places on that field i'm i'm not as high on my trendy pick of the dragons to approve in 2024 as I was at the back end of 2023. I'd say that much, but you,
2: you, you, were, you were crafting that one as well.
1: I was, you were proud of that one. You, you liked that one. I was ready to sit on that take and and, and watch it bloom as uh, Shane Flanagan willed his warriors to victory, but uh, maybe not, maybe not. We <laughs> shall see. Um Tom Starling's written an opinion piece in the Sydney Morning Herald about his experiences fighting the New South Wales Police. I encourage everybody to read it if they can. It's it's up on the website. It's pretty easy to find. There's not a whole lot of NRL news up there right now. It's from a couple of days ago. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight a couple of paragraphs in that because it's it's really scary stuff. And I'm sorry for him that he had to go through this, but he said, you know, it's a daunting task trying to clear your name when you go up against New South Wales Police Force with endless money and resources. That's to say nothing about the physical, financial and emotional burden you are put under he, he he talks about reading the accusations that he allegedly tried to grab a officer's gun and had no idea what they were talking about he said i'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy someone who wants to be liked by everyone and then it's put out in public domain that i've pulled out a police officer's gun when all i'm doing is celebrating at the 21st birthday party of one of my best mates with my family at a venue that has kids and elderly people just awful
2: yeah absolutely absolutely and i, I thought one of the telling ones in there was He said at no point did he feel like he was getting picked on because he was an NRL player. Like he Mm. didn't feel like, oh, there's Tom Starling. Let's go mess him up or whatever. And he made the good point. Like he had the resources to fight something like this. What about the people that don't? And he pretty much said that if he didn't have the money to fight it, then he'd probably be in jail, which is a a scary thing. Really
1: screwed up. Thank God. Uh, And and good on the Canberra Raiders for standing by him through this entire process. But Mm. yeah, terrible stuff. Terrible, terrible stuff. Um, David Nofaluma is no longer a West Tiger. What? What? The end of an era. Yeah, it kind of made me sad. Hundred, hundred tries for the West Tigers in the era. Yeah,
2: kind of, kind of made me sad, but it had to happen. I think it had to happen. I, it, it, it sort of, it very much felt like both parties needed a change, and that's probably been true for a couple of years now. But because Noffel was on so much money, because I think he signed this deal in the wake of his twenty twenty season when he was one of the Wingers of the Year there was nobody who was going to be able to take the freight. They were able to work out the release properly. And he's kind of just not killing time, but this has been a move. That's been a long time coming. I think, um, I, I don't know where he'll end up. He might go to, I would presume it'll be the super league because if the, some of the stories coming out from him coming out from West at the minute would indicate that his attitude isn't the best, um, But yeah, this it kind of made me sad because Nofer was an important player for that club for a really long time. You know, Campbelltown boy made good, had a great record at Campbelltown, which I always really liked. But it yeah, it had to happen. Had to happen at this at Mm. some point.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And I look forward to seeing David Noferlima score twenty tries for the grand old club in twenty (laughs) twenty four. Would you have him? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Really. Right wing. Right wing has been a cursed position for this team for. A decade, yeah. What about what
2: about what about
1: crazy Tane? We'll kick the we'll tight mate. Crazy Tane turned back into a pumpkin at the end of last year. I don't, I don't forget, but uh, <laughs> pretty sure I suspended to start the year, actually.
2: Yeah, i, I tell you, like, I like, know I know like where, Tyron Monroe as
1: well. I'm happy to give Isaac Thompson another chance, but like, honestly, that that position at that club has been a poison challenge for a long time. He, if, if he was available on next to nothing, he's another, he's another scratch off, you know, he's another. Chance, you never know. We might, you might get some late season resurgence. He wasn't that. I don't think he was that bad when he went to the stall, to be honest. So
2: I oh, only played like the five games. He wasn't good. I, know, in I thought yeah, he was. Like,
1: I thought he was. Yeah, not great in that game, but I thought overall he was alright.
2: the interesting thing for the Tigers is, I know they've had a thousand rebuilds over mm. the years, but they really have totally like gutted the place over the last mm. two years or so. Alex Twyell's the only guy on the roster now who's played a hundred games for him. Yep. And only two other guys have played more than 50 games for them. One of them is Adam Dewey, who, like, who knows when we'll see him back on the field with that awful knee injury. And the other is mm. Stefano Utoikamanu, who's played Good 51 player. games for him. So, like, they, I, re- they really are, like, very I much I can feel where this
1: is going, and we said we weren't going to do it. So, just warning you now.
2: I'm just, I am just stating facts.
1: Okay, I'm just I'm saying. Just sta-
2: I'm just stating facts.
1: The the, the the positive cadence of your tone, just there. The the my
2: my my, the cadence of my voice like, is always positive,
1: unless the Raiders have lost. Well, yes, <laughs> is, except for then. Yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, I, I could sense where that conversation was headed. And look, we've still got two months of preseason to avoid making them the team of the podcast again. So. Let's we're gonna, try and be strong, gonna,
2: dude. Let's not kid ourselves. We're probably going we to do it.
1: We're almost certainly. We're probably going to do it. We're going to try not to. We're going to try to show restraint for the first time in our lives. But uh, yeah, all right. Now, don't have a drop for this because these are usually hidden behind the Patreon paywall. We usually one out for free uh, every off season just to give people a taste of what they are missing out on. I know that every week, if you are a listener of this show and not a patron, you'll hear me do my little spiel about getting extra shows every week. That's usually the question time show, but once a month we do put out a greatest games podcast as well. It could be a, a finals game, could be a regular season game, it could be anything, really. Um, we've even done an Origin one. So this week, uh, the suggestion came from someone on Discord. I do not remember who it is. Apologies. But we are going to talk about the 2010 regular season game between the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the West Tigers.
2: Yeah. I, I love doing these sorts of shows. Like we've done a few uh boom rewinds over the summer where we've looked at a team season in depth. We'll do more of those through the year as well, but they'll probably be behind the Patreon paywall hmm. as well, which is only greater value for money. So please, please, please go sign up. Yeah. This, this is a a perfect game for this type, this time of year, because probably not the most well-played game, but like very loose, very fancy free, a a lot going on, much of it not that good or not that well executed, but entertaining nonetheless. The perfect game for a lazy summer afternoon.
1: Commentary team of Andy Raymond and Laurie Daly. What more could you want?
2: What more could you want? But all right, so let's let let's 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 go back to the start though, right? Yes. So this is round 22, 2010. Mm-hmm. Who were you in two thousand
1: and ten? I was still working at Fox. I had, I mean, th- this at this point in twenty ten, I think I was in the process of uh, finishing my last semester uh, at Macquarie University, my undergraduate degree. Um, work was going well. Uh, I just started doing rugby league stuff as well. People, I mean, if, if anyone listened to this before, I started off as an A-league statistician at Fox Sports. That was my first job. And I think going into the 2010 season, I started doing rugby league as well. So I was actually working in the, in the stats bunker this night during this game. That's well, yeah. exactly where, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, shout out to a friend of the show, Dean Rob, who was my colleague back then. And during the Golden Point saga, he took over for me so I could watch the ending. <laughs> what, a, what a good friend. What, what, a, a, good what,
2: friend. A, what a good guy. What yeah, a good he finished guy whatever he was
1: doing at the time. And he said, mate, if you just want to watch the end, I'll take over. And I was like, yeah, I'm bricking it. Thank you, mate. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. Very what nice. 2010, I was in year 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, yeah, it was a really A really great time. So my my last couple of years at school, I really kind of grew into myself a little bit. Um, started to really become the person I am now. Like wasn't like, you know, the big man on campus or anything like that, but you know, it was playing footy, had a lot of mates, a lot of stuff going on. Mm. A real, a real coming-of-age summer or coming-of-age uh winter or year for me. You know what I mean? So it's great stuff. And I had a lot of mates who were playing uh junior reps and a couple that were playing 20s or whatever so i was you know as as involved in that world as I ever could be there was a, a west sg ball team where i knew like i reckon 10 blokes on the side who and the, the blokes on the team those guys like james tedesco nofaluma was on that team um jesse sue ed murphy matt groat will skelton so it had a kangaroos captain oh, and wow. a wallabies captain on the same side and they had a great run through the junior reps they lost a prelim 27 26 to a rooster's side that had Jacob Miller, Chase Blair, Tauta Maga, Kane Evans, and lining up in the front row, tied to Uvasa.
1: Have they have they flown Chase Blair down for this one?
2: No, no, I've, i you know what I've never been able to work out if that rumor was true or not. I just think
1: it is. I we told it. this on the on the story before, but there was a big rumor when Chase Blair was like one of the hottest prospects in the game as a teenager that he was they were that the risks were sort of flying him down for training from where yeah, was
2: it? From the Gold Coast, yeah, or from like yeah. northern New South Wales, twice a week for training and once a week for games.
1: On Nick Politis's private plane. it's <laughs> uh yeah. Shout out Ed Murphy as well, South Legend. Good, good, good one there. But uh so out of um the West Tigers were playing in this game. I know there's a there's at least a couple of guys on this Tigers team that you surely would have crossed paths with at some point.
2: Oh yeah, like you know, there's Chrissy Lawrence. so I, I, I was at he, he was, I was in He year, was a year
1: above me at school. So yeah, you know. I was in
2: I was in year eight at school, and Chris yeah. Lawrence was in year twelve and he played first grade and then it was, he scores that incredible seventy-meter try against the Broncos, and then he came back to school on Monday. It was like one of the Beatles was there. It was crazy, <laughs> man. It's, I'll tell you though, this—I have such vivid memories of this West team. Like it was—it's very. It was very clearly their their best team since two thousand five. It's probably still the second best team that they ever had. They end up finishing the season in third. They make the finals for the first time since 05. But like, I feel like this this year yeah. was probably peak Benji you know, because he sort of married up the, the the fast stepping and the quick running of his younger years with great ball playing and better game management that he, that he sort of found in his years. This is when this year is when those two Benji Marshalls meet, you know, they had, they found Chris Lawrence, who was such a, an important piece um, of their attack with his great running down that left edge. They finally found a halfback like Rob Louie came into the team the year before. And that was after years of, Sheen's trying to replace Scott Prince and not really doing it. They had Gareth Ellis in the pack that really took him what a next level. And I, I don't know what it was, but I feel like this was just an incredibly prominent team. They were on channel nine all the time, you know, and uh, a big, like, they, had, they had Bo Ryan in the side who was becoming a huge star because of Bo Knows on the footy show. And I looked back at the games from 2010, the West Tigers games. And I found that I've remembered nearly every single one of them, Really, really vividly, like more vividly hmm. than than I would than I would just like a normal season or something like that. They were very much like a and this, a seminal team for this time, yeah. I would say.
1: And this was, of course, Lottie Takiri's first year in a, in like almost a decade back in the yeah. era.
2: Oh, we'll we'll, so. we'll 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 get there. We'll get to the heroes and villains on the side, but like this Souths team, what do you what do you remember about them?
1: They were fun. This was they a were time... fun.
2: I've I've actually I've actually got that in my notes. The most fun Souths team.
1: Yeah, like they'd been sort of on the on the up like the, the 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 Jason Taylor era had ended this was now Chris Sando's team coached by John Lang and they'd you know it was weird because they'd have weeks where they looked dog shit, but then they'd have other weeks where they everything would work and you'd just think how how is this team not how is this team not regularly playing in the finals but yet here we were in 2010 it was 3 years removed from 2007 which was their first and only top 8 appearance in the 21st century to date and they'd started this season relatively well. They actually put 50 on the same Tigers team uh, back in round yeah. 10. Yeah, and... You
2: mentioned you mentioned like the high variance that mm-hmm. they had in them. So they beat the Tigers 50 to 10. They also put 40 on the, the, the bomb squad Penrith Panthers, who ended up finishing second. But then they also conceded 50 to a very ordinary Brisbane team that didn't make the finals. And on that day, didn't have Darren Lockyer playing for them either. So good. it was just, it was a real free for all. They ended up scoring the second most points in the league uh, in the, in this season. So they could score points, but by God, they could not stop them. It was great stuff. And
1: they had that crazy um Manly game, 26, 25 loss where Hodkinson kicked two field goals, either side of Sanders, one field goal to win it for Manly. So.
2: Yeah, they, they were always, they were always they were always getting caught up in shenanigans like that. It was this was a shenanigan a, filled season. As as a as a neutral observer, a tremendously mm-hmm. fun team, but like also yeah. a team that probably aged you a couple of
1: years, mate. Absolutely. But um, at this point in the year, they 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 sort of potted along as you mentioned. Had some really good wins, had some pretty disgraceful losses, and it kind of hovered around the bottom half of the eight for. Most of the most of the first half of the season, but then it, 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 after that fifty-point loss to Brisbane, and then the next week is that two field goal game from Hodgkinson. They win the following week, a very very rare win against Melbourne in Perth, of all places. And then after that win against the Storm, they lose a couple of games. They lose another heartbreaker to the Roosters, and they've actually dropped out of the top eight. They've they've, they've lost three of their last four as the, as the Tigers come into town, and they're sitting ninth on the table, knowing that basically a loss here. And they're going to be spending September at home once again.
2: And that they're missing—they're missing a lot of blokes. Well, so this is missing... what
1: triggered the PTSD for me of like last year when they were missing ten players. At one point, Andy Raymond rattles off every player that's not playing in this game. <laughs> did you write? And it? Did you write it down? I or... sure did. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Luke Stewart, Bo Falloon, Sam Burgess, Dave Taylor, Ben Lowe, Michael Crocker, Scott Geddes, Colin Best, Bo Champion, and Ben Ross—all didn't play.
2: A lot of, lot of, and, lot of. And like I think very... aside
1: from Falloon, all of those guys are in their best seventeen at this point.
2: Probably, yeah. But like, to to follow on from that, why don't you read out this South team for us?
1: Yeah, it, it, despite all of that, it's not a bad team. You got Reece Wesser at fullback, Nathan Merritt and Fatuli Talanoa on the wings, Dylan Farrell on debut, and Jamie Simpson, a very underrated player, Jamie Simpson in the centres, Chrissy and John Sutton in the halves, which to this day is still possibly their most fun halves combination that anyone has ever seen. Jamin Lowe and Roy Satarsi, the starting props, Isaac Luke at hooker, Dave Tyrrell playing on an edge, Eddie Pettiborn on the other edge, Jason Clark at lock, and then an all-star bench of Garrett Crossman, Craig Stapleton, Shannon McPherson, and Sean Corrigan. What a bench. What a Who bench. would play an important role later on.
2: He would, he would, but like Souths had been so ripped up with injuries, they signed Jamin Lowe mid-season from the Queensland Cup, they signed Craig Stapleton mid-season from well, like his stint. second stint at the club. Yeah, they signed Craig Stapleton mid-season from reserve grade somewhere. Shannon McPherson had barely played first grade right. anymore. Garrett Crossman was a little bit the same. Like they were very much on the bones of their ass in this one. Hmm.
1: And do you know what was written uh, that week uh, in the Daily Telegraph? A story about how since 1994, John Lang, who was the Rabideaus coach for this game, had not lost to Tim Sheens, who was 17, the coach.
2: 17 straight, was it?
1: Yes. So yeah. it was 18 games total, 17 and one. And the one was in 1994 when Sheen's won the comp with your beloved Canberra. Two so.
2: two great old footy coaches here. I always forget about Lang's stint with South Sydney. I think mm. like, he like game like had probably passed him by a little bit, but he just sent those boys out there to have a good time. Too
1: successful to be a good rugby league man, but good rugby league man adjacent.
2: Absolutely. um, uh, uh, mm. And in, in the end, isn't that what we're all looking for?
1: And he's and in this game, he's looking very dapper on the sidelines in his big winter coat.
2: He was looking well, wasn't he? And then the Tigers team, they've got Bo Ryan at fullback, Lottie Takiri and Sam Latu on the wings, Blake Ashford Mm. and Chris Lawrence in the centers, Benji Master and Robert Louis in the halves, a front row of Bryce Gibbs, Robbie Farrer and Keith Galloway, a back row of Liam Fulton, Gareth Ellis, Chris Hyington. What a back row, honestly. Mm. And then a bench, a very young David Fafita, Andrew Fafita, sorry, a very young Simon Dwyer, Mark Flanagan and Mitch Brown. Hmm.
1: I do feel like at any point in like a three year stretch, that exact forward pack was the Tigers forward pack. <laughs> oh like, yeah. This is it this was like, these guys every week. But... yeah, th-
2: this is, this is, the, this is the greatest hits like very, yep. very, very much. So I'll say. Uh, you, and
1: this... Bo, Bo Ryan, of course, playing fullback because Wade McKinnon is out with an injury.
2: Okay. I will give you a hundred dollars. Mm. If you can, if you can successfully name all six players that played fullback for the Tigers in 2010.
1: Okay. So Bo Ryan is one of them. Correct. Uh, Wade McKinnon is another one.
2: Correct. I'm trusting that you're not looking this up as we're doing it. I would it.
1: never do that to you. Um, Daniel Fitzhenry was government at this point, right?
2: Is that an answer or? Yes. Daniel Fitzhenry is one of them.
1: Okay. Uh, Tim. Halfway. Austin. Yep. Two more. Oh my God. Am I gonna get? Am I gonna win a hundred dollars? Oh my God. Um, two more. I'm gonna guess that. Sheen's got weird with it and put Benji at fullback for a game. No. Fuck. All right. Who are the other two?
2: Mitch Brown, who's in this game. Yeah. Okay. And then my ace in the hole was Sean Meany.
1: Okay. I was never but got you, Sean you, Meaney. You
2: never would have got. But like, so the, I always think a lot about how West never really replaced Scott Prince once he left yeah. until they sort of found Robert Lilly a little bit. And then even then he was only at the club for a year or two before he ended up leaving in pretty terrible circumstances, but their mm. failure to sort of find a fullback in between Brett Hodgson and like retiring and James Tedesco starting, I think is actually quite. Mm.
0: That's a long time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a really long time. It's close. It's close to a decade. Like Mitch Brown ends up being the fullback for them in the final. So they're going into a preliminary final with Mitch Brown. Mitch Brown started in a grand final. He did. Yeah. A couple
1: of years after that.
2: But yeah. And that's, that sort of, that sort of halfback fullback stuff tells you a lot about this West Tigers team. Just absolutely absurdly constructed, constructed, Differently, I would say to any other successful team, maybe in rugby league history, mm. you know, Robbie Farah does nearly all the kicking at, at hooker. They don't really have a halfback. They pretty much have two five eights in Marshall and Louis. you know, like there's not really a fullback either. It's just everything sort of runs off those, those three playmakers and the, yep. none of, none of the forwards are that big, but they're all pretty mobile and they can all offload and pass. And maybe they're like, maybe they could have been like the ultimate Vlando ball team. Yeah, maybe. But as it stands at this time, they could win a game by 40 or lose a game by 40. I mean, a team like this, as it was constructed,
1: yeah, a team like this under those Belandi Ball rules would have put 80 on a team at some point.
2: Oh, 100%. But then they could have had 80 put on them as well.
1: That's also true. Which would have been great. I mean, it's as close as like a total football to invoke a, a phrase from another sport as you can get really. And that's what the Tigers tried to do in this whole period. It was very fluid. and It was very different to what everybody else was doing. And it's—I mean, we—we've said it a million times, but it's a testament to like how much it meant to to the club that we all—they—they they always talk about 05. and then this team as well as being like the, the the highlights of being a West Tigers fan and with good reason. They were super entertaining to watch. So, and we're pretty close to winning it this year. I mean, that that prelim could be a greatest game in itself. No,
2: but... I don't. I don't think they could have beaten Saints. I think they, Saints win they that game. very nearly time. did. Yeah, I know, but I feel like Saints... That was by a field Saints, goal. I don't think yeah, you can say if
1: you lose a game by one that they couldn't Mate, have won.
2: I I think Saints' Saints style always hmm. gave them a tremendous, tremendous advantage that West could never run down. Anyway, yep. when they're running out for this one, they we crossed to Scotty Sattler on the sidelines. Love Sats, one of the great rugby league yarners of our times. But he mentions that the key for the Rabbitohs oh. is halves Chris Sando and Jonathan Sutton. Jonathan. Calls him Jonathan Sutton. Didn't like it.
1: I don't care for that at all.
2: Was well, was not about it, bro. Yeah,
1: don't. It's don't, like when it's care. like
2: when it's like when Thurston first came into the league and Rabs tried to call
1: him Johnny Thurston for a while. Mm, don't like that. It Was not
2: about that either.
1: No, it's John Sutton and it's Jonathan Thurston. Out and of that's how we like it, and sometimes Johnny e. Sutton, but not often. A little bit, <laughs> every now and again,
2: only on special occasions. You can occasionally anyway, call him Johnny
1: as a treat. The game kicks off, and what a start!
0: Not the greatest game last week. Super Saturday Continues live And South Sydney Couldn't have scripted A worse start Out on the full
1: Yep Out on the full <laughs> Great start boys love Just what we needed love it Set then,
2: the tone And then Blake Ashford Ends up cruising in Untouched After 90 seconds
1: <laughs> Like this is
0: great stuff Gibbs comes off The left foot And runs into a Three man tackle Headed by the 17, Jason Clark. Good to see him get a one and start tonight. As the Tigers go wide and the Tigers go in, Blake Ashford scores after 90 seconds. It is Tigers four, Rabbit 0
1: At this point, you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna." I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna lose by 50 here." This <laughs> is this is what <laughs> like half our team's not playing. Chrisy's just kicked the opening kickoff out in the full, and Blake Ashford strolled over with no one near him, and they. They killed South on the edges all night in this game. There was some absolutely disgraceful defending for pretty much every West Tigers try. Yeah, and... well, we've got
2: we've got Dave Tyrrell, a front rower, on one edge. It was funny to see Dave Tyrrell just capable of running a little bit because mm. my, my memories of him being sort of just like a calcified front rower who couldn't really bend his arms or his legs yep. are so strong. But he was out there, and Eddie Pettiborn's on the other edge. And another pro- I, <laughs> around this time, I rated Eddie Pettiborn higher than I should have because when he ran the ball and he was throwing his knees and elbows around, it looked like he was really good. But then you go back and you watch these games, you're like, oh man, like, geez, he was, he was taking it very easy out there, Eddie. When he yeah, ran the ball, look, he was going for it. But other than that, not a lot doing.
1: Yeah, not not interested in edge defense, Eddie. It's fair to say. But it's their fault for putting him there. It's, it's not where what, he belonged.
2: Yeah. See, and you know, it's good that this that this try to way should happen because it is something of a tone setter. You know, Mm. this is a game of strange tries, weird errors. And then as we'll find out in the next couple of minutes, some like breathtaking foul play. So after the H for try, the two teams trade sets, there's a couple of errors and whatever. And then there's a real flashpoint because Jamin Lowe hits Benji Marshall with like maybe the latest shot I've ever seen in the modern era. It's incomically late. So they're trying to run one of their little things around the middle of the ruck. Benji throws it back inside to someone has enough time to like shape to the line, throw the pass, settle down. He's almost walking by the point and Lowe just wipes him out. Hmm. Like when I wo- when I watched it last night, I burst out laughing at how late it was. It's it was so like, funny. this is the sort of shit that Adam Blair used to dream about. Great stuff.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Jamin. As, as everyone's heard by now, served him in a McDonald's drive-thru after he played a game for South once. Legend. The legend of the game. Well, he, but, had, this uh, sort
2: of, he had this sort of stuff in him. Jamin well, did he not mind, did not mind hit Brett Delaney
1: that time, but you know, Brett Delaney grabbed him by the wheels. What do you want?
2: Well, that's the thing. I did some investigation into that, and there were accusations that Delaney got in by the wheels. And if you do that, then it's anything goes. So, yeah, I agree. Let the boys free, play at free, that point.
1: Free, free Jamin. The best part I was South are running in to score a try as Jamin just knocked a man out. And I was like, oh, what, why are they pulling this up? And then there's a replay, like, oh, right. Um, yeah, then Keith Galloway goes off with a head knock, uh, and your man Andrew Leeds, the trainer, that was a nice little flashback, but um, yeah, Keith saw, Galloway goes saw,
2: off. Saw, saw a jumper last week. One of the great oh, men. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um it's like there's no way Keith Galloway comes back on the field in today's game.
2: Well, this is cutting this is cutting ahead a little bit. A little but bit, but yes. He does come back on, plays like scores a try, has a pretty good game. And they say in commentary that the yeah, Tigers Scott recommended, mentions they mentioned that the Tigers said you shouldn't go back on, Keith. And Keith said, No, I'm doing it. <laughs> It and, was just like like 2010 doesn't feel like that long ago,
1: but, but it was every, for head stuff.
2: Every time I watch one of these games, it always stands out to me how much our how quickly and how drastically our attitudes have changed.
1: And, and not to mention that, like all Scott Sattler adds that Keith himself apparently said he couldn't remember the start of the game, but they let him go back out there. It's like, oh, oh. that's not that hasn't aged great. Not but the best. Uh, in between Galloway going off and coming back on, though, it's a try on debut for Dylan Farrell.
0: Losing his footing was Jason Clark. The outside Digger. to the debutant, and it is at night. That Dylan Farrell will remember for the rest of his life.
2: This is nice too. It's a
1: nice nice little of, show. Nice little, nice like, little nice show and go,
2: bro. Like a classical piece of centre play, I'd yeah, say. Really good. You know? There's nothing He stands outside up, stands up Rob Louis slams mm. it down. There's a shout out to the Colbura Dolphins, one one of the great clubs. Mm. You got to love it. You know. But I got to I got to tell you, man. Like, even though I knew how this game ended and I knew what was in store at the end, through this first half, I was thinking, is this actually a greatest games or is this just a greatest finish? Because there's a lot of penalties, a lot of errors. Defending like, was optional. the 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 the, the, t- the tiger scored two tries after that. Farah goes over from dummy half, and Lottie goes over from dummy half, and they are just so incredibly soft, and the errors are bad and the penalties are dumb and i'm not one of those people who like needs to have a perfect completion rate from both sides to enjoy a game of footy like i like getting down in the slop as much as anybody but there's a point where it stops being fun and it just becomes arduous yes. and the first half of this one was a bit of a slip.
0: good one-on-one tackle there it's nathan merit takiri goes to the line and lottie takiri scores That's well, the second time tonight. The goal line defence from the South Sydney team hasn't been alert. Robbie Farrah out of dummy half scoring and now Lottie Takiri. You just can't afford to give up tries like this when you're defending your goal line. I mean,
1: those two tries are absolutely embarrassing defensively. Like, really poor stuff. But Takiri one especially because you've already conceded a dummy half try in the game. To just have I think it was fourth tackle after a penalty. To just it's very clear he's going to go himself. The way he sort of bounds over to the ball at dummy half after a quick play of the ball, it's very clear he's going to go to the right himself and try to dive over. And he just does it anyway. Eddie Pettiborn's a bit slow. Nathan Merritt's a bit slow reacting. And yeah, just just cuts through them. And it's not, really poor.
2: Not Lottie's most memorable try, but I fucking loved the Lottie comeback. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was so, so cool. Like I love. I always loved that those three guys, Takiri, Sailor. And Rogers, who all went from league to union in the early two thousands, I all I love that they all came back in the end, um, and I love how how much their careers changed, how different they were when they came back. Like Matt Rogers was a lot slower, but he's a lot smarter. I like Wendell; had obviously slowed down, but still had so much personality about him. But Lottie is pretty remarkable in that he was away the longest of the three of them. He spent seven years in rugby union. You know, it's a long, long time. time. Then he came back and it was like he'd been, it's like he'd been here the entire time. Scores, I think on his first touch in his first game back, ends up playing for Australia at the end of this season. Scores nearly like 20 odd tries. Looks like he's been there forever. You know, the other two guys, they got older, they changed. And a lot of the guys who have gone to rugby and then come back, haven't been able to bring their best footy back with them. But Lottie, Lottie sure as hell did, man. Grew yeah, out and the, then like grew out the dreads as oh, well. Like him going down the sideline, dreads flying in the air. That's a, a seminal moment. And seminal. he never
1: really, he never really recaptures that magic with the Tigers again after that season. Like twenty eleven, he barely plays, and he obviously a bit of a nightmare game in that loss to the Warriors in the finals. And then, but across twenty twelve and thirteen, he only plays about. He
2: barely plays. He's injured a lot. games yeah. across
1: the two seasons, and then. It, you kind of treated him going to South as like, oh, you like a sort of like shrug your shoulders. Like, yeah, whatever. But then he turns in some of the best rugby league of his life in the final sort of 10 weeks of his career. He has a fantastic end to his career and bookends his, his, his career with grand final wins in 2000 and 2014. Lovely stuff.
2: Holds the hold, or I, yeah holds the record for longest time between premierships. Mm. Yes. Line, and he had line, grand final. line break I'm, line break Lottie.
1: We believe he it. had grand finals as well until Benji, right? Spengy broke the record for the grand final gap. But yes. didn't win it obviously in 2010. Yes. That's uh yeah. Uh but yeah, 2010 Lottie was sort of back oh, in he was business. Fabulous. And he had a fantastic it was, season. It was,
2: it's funny, man. I was thinking, like, man, it's funny that he didn't play for Queensland at, at at some point in the comeback. That's a that's a funny one. And then I looked up the Queensland backline yep. and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh Slater, Darius Boyd, Willie Tonga, Israel Folau, and Greg Inglis. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's why, Nick, you idiot.
1: Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, what a player. And I really like, do you, if you met someone that said, I hate Lottie Takiri, I, I would treat them with 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 suspicion.
2: I wouldn't care to know them. No. I, I, universally I, liked saw Lottie, I saw Lottie at the airport when I was flying up for Magic Round one year. And it's just mm. the perfect tone set. I was like, well, you know what? It's going to be a good couple of days. This trip is Takiri approved.
1: Yeah, Lottie's watching over us.
2: <laughs> Looking after all of us.
1: He is what a player, what a great player. So yeah, it's 16-6 at halftime. Souths in the hole, double digit deficit.
2: Mate, fuck Souths. I was in the hole after watching this first half. I yeah, was like, Bungard, fair. Bungard has saddled us with the greatest game that is actually it was not done. my suggested. Oh yeah, but like it kind of was,
1: you know. I just you, do you. What
2: the, you co-signed it
1: as a man of the people. I just do what the listeners want, and the listeners yeah. wanted this game. But oh, yeah, anyway. so
2: I, w- I wasn't wasn't sure how to feel, but then first set. Of the second half. Souths are rolling up the field. John Sutton puts in a really nice kick down to the corner. Looks like it could be a 40-20. Go,
0: go. Sutton off the left boot. Inside the 40. Looking for the sideline. Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan spits it back in field. And Fatuli Talanoa says, thank well, you. He again.
1: Oh, Bo.
2: Oh, Bo. He had, a, he had a tough one in this one, big Bo.
1: In my notes, I just wrote Bo Ryan, and then I wrote "ha ha 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 ha" like twelve times. Why do you hate Bo Ryan? He's alright. I don't. This is an extremely funny. It try. is very funny. One it of the funniest funny. of all time, and it's even better by sort of known rugby league clown, Fatuli Talanoa, being the recipient of this and then like striking a pose for the camera as he I grinds love, I love One that, of the dude. coldest put downs I've ever so good, seen. So
2: Like that was, that's Phil Sammy type stuff. You know what I mean? Like has the put down, the big slide, the big grin. He's wearing a, like a mouth guard that kind of mm. looks like he's got a grill on his teeth. It was great stuff.
1: I, I know that he had some really bad games for South over the years, but I still kind of loved Fatuli Talanoa. You got to,
2: man. You got to, you got to love your guys. Bo, you
1: got to take the good with the bad
2: uh, do people today understand what a big star Bo Ryan was?
1: No, I don't it, think so. It was, it was,
2: so Bo Knows started in 09 mm. and then even in 2010, it's like I don't think he'd quite been overexposed yet and he was still very funny. I think that's part of the reason this Tigers team is so prominent in my memory because Bo's on the footy show all the time and Benji invariably is in the segments with him or whatever. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it. But uh, yeah, Bo was a Bo was a big deal.
1: He sure was. Um, Not known for his fullback play though, uh, as evidenced here. Not quite, not quite.
2: But you know, Bo Bo will have many many more mistakes to come.
1: Yeah, so we can we can
2: get to later.
1: So, So you think South's back in this game, Nick? Well, think again.
0: Brushes off two, three, beats oh Wessel a fourth, still going Chris Hyrington, and on his knees is secured five meters from the try-line. Farrah back to Lawrence. It's opened up, and Chris Lawrence will better the position. And he scores the Tigers four.
1: Garrett Crossman's not a man I think about a lot. But uh
2: <laughs> you got to spend more time on the
1: grid, brother. Good setup to points is what we need, fellas. Uh no, a tackle to offload to Robert Louis. Who does That's, not play for South?
2: It's so out of character for Garrett Crossman. Like seventy-seven NRL games for three different clubs, zero tries, not a fancy, expansive player by any means. And yet he's thought, out. Yeah, here. offloads on. Popping and passes off kickoffs, you know. Like I I appreciate the the vision. I appreciate the ambition, but maybe don't do it. And then Lawrence cruises in for a very, very easy try off Robbie Farah Again, like the Tigers could score on just about anyone in the league. You don't have to give it to him. You don't have to make it this easy.
1: No, no, you've you really you really don't. But it, it's so frustrating. You get an absolute gift at the other end of the field and you give one straight back. And 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 that sort of try you get just after the break to cut the lead is is, is wiped away within a minute. It's it's almost shades of the first half where South made the mistake immediately and the Tigers scored. And again here, it feels like it's, it's worse than it is because, yeah, you go back from it being a one-try game to now a two-try game once again. And uh, it, it's not it, it's not going well. And, and there's this point where Laurie Daly remarks on the commentary, talks about, oh, back in round 10, South put 50 on them, and I think the Tigers are on their way to doing that here, which I thought was because oh. it did kind of feel that way at that point. Like South's the other yeah. reason South's were even remotely in this game was because Bo Ryan's yeah, uh, just th- threw the ball to, to, to Fatuli Talanoa. So it does feel very much like one way traffic at this point. Yeah. Very much. Um, so. I got it. I got
2: it. I got to tell you, man, I know it wasn't his most classic mm-hmm. try, but Chris Lawrence, one of my favorite non Raiders ever. Like, even I mean, if yeah. I, even if I didn't have like, you know, the, the school connection or whatever, like, yeah, Benji drifting across field to the left, and Lawrence hitting that those hard straight lines and just could exploding run into space, unbelievable. And before he before he did his hit in twenty eleven, he was, he was fast, crazy. Man. He could crazy move. fast, crazy People, fast. If you're like saw, a new fan, I saw him. I saw him run down Billy Slater once with my own eyes. It was out at Campbelltown one night. I think yeah. it was like two thousand and eight. And Billy got in the clear, and Lawrence gave him like a ten yard head start, and just boof got him. Like it was nothing. It was crazy. He was I mean he it, was awesome.
1: It's like if, if you're like a newer fan, you only really saw him like playing back row in the in the sort of last five or six years of his career. And you don't really realize just how athletic this guy was. Like yeah. he was he was sick. And you know, he comes into that team just after they win the premiership and really has about as good of a career as like a local boy from the area could have hoped for. Like went to St. Greg's, huge raps on him. Lives up to the hype by having, what, a 15, 14, 15-year 15 career in the NRL. A really important player. I think if the Tigers were doing their team of, the, team of the century or whatever, he'd be in it, whether it's in the centers or on the bench. He'd be, he'd be in that team somewhere, I think. A really oh, good man. career and so a great he, player.
2: Absolutely. And he had that shocking hip injury in 2011. Yeah. Like dislocated his hip, which is a really rare injury and really robs you of a lot of your pace. And he was never quite the same runner after that, but he reinvented himself as a really hard nut back rower and ended up having a long story career for the Tigers. But fuck, man, when you see what he was like when he was young, when he could still really, really move. Oh, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, when you listen to this, dial it up on, dial it up on YouTube, dial up the best of Chrissy Lawrence, just watch that boy fly as good as it gets, man.
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, and, and again, he was so good in this season, it's he plays for Australia. So Never got an Origin appearance, but played for City and play Don Don of oh, the man. Blue and Mustard, and then played that, for Australia.
2: That that hit never happens. He plays for the Blues for sure, especially for when sure. you consider
1: the absolute carousel of battlers they were ro- rolling out in the in the outside backs in yeah. in those years as well. I'm like,
2: I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't get a run in in, in this year. Like he plays yeah. 25 games this year. He's a around who the lot. Who were the, who the Origin
1: centres in 2010? Oh
2: jeez, you putting me on the spot. I, I'll, there. I'll look um, up quickly
1: if you want to keep talking about Chris Lawrence.
2: Oh, mate, I'm kind of done. I just, I love Chris Lawrence. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely loved him as a footballer. Like
1: as what good as it player. gets. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. And a, a classic example of a guy that was just a freak athlete. And maybe people don't realize just how good he was. And again, if he, if that injury never happens, probably looking at, you know, a really, really important player for the blues for a couple of years. That's
0: it. goes across field looking for Benji Marshall. Keith oh, Puts it on his legs. His big red scored oh, here. Right. He, he may not. Well have. Yeah, and
1: great. then after Lawrence scores, the procession really does begin as as Big Keith Galloway, who again in today's scenario would not be on the field, uh, scores a try in um you know relatively interesting fashion. <laughs>
2: yeah, Barra ducks down a, a really narrow blindside about twenty meters out. Angles like like really just fucks the ball all the way back across to the middle of the field, looking for Benji Marshall. Marshall taps it back and who's there to pit to toe through the scraps and put it down, but Big Kefi, the big the big red it. machine himself, like a mm. real like cousin Jethro Lenny from of Mice and Men type try, just like a bumbling, stumbling type thing. Terrific stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I got it mixed up. This was when Ro- Laurie Daly said it could be 50. Sorry, yeah, not on yeah. the earlier Chris Lawrence well, try. A, but... a,
2: Keith, a Keith Galloway try is the harbinger of a big win. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like Keith isn't scoring in close games. If Keith's getting over, the boys just get so amped up at seeing the big unit get in. Mm. that You know, it just takes him to a to a higher place. Is Keith Galloway Phil Gould's favorite player of all time?
1: He'd mm. be up there. Who else did Phil Gould really love? <laughs>
2: He he never really loved anyone because his true love was always Keith Galloway. That's but again, fair. I mean, like I feel like West for on Channel 9 every week and every week. And Gus you could hear up. Gus go, oh big Keithy. Big Keithy. Yeah, you gotta love, yeah. you got you gotta love that sort of stuff.
1: You do, you definitely do. Yeah, good player, Keith Galloway, really good player. And yeah, now it's what 28 to 10, and you think the game's over.
2: Well, we've we've had three tries in eight minutes. Mm. So an action packed start to the second stanza.
1: But uh Dylan Farrell says no, not yet. Not today.
0: Paying back to Sando. Pops it through. And that is just beautiful. Just beautiful from the debutante Dylan Farrell, who collects a double here tonight.
1: Another very cool put down here. Slick yeah, try. Man, the look- one handed grab off the grubber and strolls over. Really,
2: really smooth. Really, like a really smooth. At the time, Dylan Farrell was, like, looked like one of those really smooth athletic runners that you. That you sometimes come across, hmm. you know, great hands to to pick up the sando kick. Poor old Lottie and and Bo at the back just having a tough time fielding fielding some of those short yeah. kicks from from King Chrissy. And yeah, Farrell's in for for number two. At that point, we've had four tries in twelve minutes. So yeah,
0: they're, they're, def- they're really defense is, defense, defense is
2: defense is really getting optional at this point. Like yeah, the ta- absolutely. The tackling is. has been left at home,
1: and, and the Tigers think. The Tigers think they need more points. They're not that they think that this is far from done. They think that the way the game is ebbing and flowing that they need to get a couple more tries to put thing on about. And Benji Marshall. I mean, if this had come off it would have been one of the best moments of his career. And we say that with the utmost reverence towards Benji Marshall and the many insane things he did on a rugby league field. But this is gorgeous stuff. The chip and chase and then the no-look flick pass and it's just just shy of Mitch Brown's hands. Just a little bit off target.
2: Benji Benji doesn't have a great game in this one but he's just trying everything all the time. Like he he's putting grubbers in on the first tackle. He's throwing behind the back flick passes in his own 20. Like I I think uh, an underrated part of Benji's appeal is like the utter fearlessness that he played with. He was never afraid of trying stuff. He was never afraid of, you know, going for something audacious going for the big play and all that. And when it works, it's amazing. And when it doesn't, it's still pretty good to watch, but like, it probably also was kind of one of the fatal flaws in this Tigers team. Like, is it yep. possible to win a premiership when a guy like that is your lead playmaker?
1: Well, I think, I think Andy Raymond says at this point, when he throws a he surely they could have just taken the tackle there and he's probably right. But you know, we weren't Tigers fans. That's what made Benji Marshall the best. That's what made Benji Marshall the cool.
2: I, I expected more from Andy Raymond, the patron saint of the nine 30 delayed game on super Saturday. Mm. Like if yeah. you want, if you want finely tuned fundamental footy, then brother play on Friday nights. That's not, you can put, that's not you what can I put on
1: channel nine. Yeah. That's after that's, Burke's backyard is finished and watch that delayed game. That's, that's what you can what do. That's not what I want.
2: 930, no. on a, 9.30 on a Saturday night. I want, I want the kind of footy that is a, a a crime according to the laws of gods and men. Mm. I want the weirdest shit you have, mate. Like I yeah. do, I do not want the regular stuff.
1: Yeah. So instead, say so how to get the ball back. And they get down the other field. And you mentioned the hard night that Bo Ryan and Lottie had. And yeah, Lottie spills a really easy kick here and gifts South another crack at their line as, as the pressure begins to mount. And Reese Wesser gets a saloon passage.
0: Send out to Wesser! And Reese Wesser! He goes straight through in game 199. And here come the bunnies.
1: There's so much bad defense in this game. I had to be really selective of which try to give the saloon passage to. But I think of all the <laughs> I think of all the passages that we had guys walk through in this game, this was the most saloon. It's
2: it's right up there. I mean, okay, I've got a take It was for this you. or the Lawrence one. I've got a take for you. Mm-hmm. Is Reese Wesser the most underrated player of the NRL era?
1: Talk to me about it. Because he did play for Queensland, top he try did? score many times and won a premiership.
2: I, no, I know he achieved a lot. Oh no, yeah, no. But I still, I think now today we don't. No one talks about Reece West. Like part of that, he played a bit of rep footy, but not much. He only played yeah. four or five games for Queensland. Never played for Australia or anything like that. Never played he's, for Australia. Like... No, his career had a had like a. It was a slow start. It wasn't until like his fourth or fifth year in the first that he became a regular starter, mm. and it had a longer tail. Like these last these couple of years at Souths, he's still serviceable but he's not an absolute gun anymore.
1: Yeah. So I guess like how, like it was kind of an unfortunate thing for him where he was an amazing fullback, but he was stuck behind a guy named Darren Lockyer for parts of his career. And then a guy named Billy Slater towards the end of his career.
2: Exactly. Like he was, he was always stuck behind fullbacks who were slightly more sophisticated. You know what I mean? Like he never really developed a, a, a much of a passing game or anything like that. And he was kind of, At the very tail, at the very start of, at the very, he was at the very start of an era where your fullback had to be able to pass. But for Mm -hmm. the years before that, where a fullback could just be super quick, be a great support player and push up all around the middle of the field, you didn't have to worry about having a passing fullback. Telling you, few better than Reese Wesser. Penrith's all time leading try scorer still now to this day 113 tries in 177 games. There's a run from 2001 to 2006 where he scores at least 13 tries every year. Like I know he won the comp, but the year before he scored 19 tries in 22 games, like absolute like master blaster shit, bro. Like, and you never have Reese Wesser conversations anymore. You never you do. Know? You and, never do. And and we're poorer for that as a country, you know, I want to live. I want to, I want to live in a world where I can bring up Reese Western and, and you know, people cheer me, acclaim me as a hero. They say, you know what, Campo, he was underrated. He was mm. better than people remember. Well, he,
1: yeah, I mean, oh four is the, like he splits the middle there with Lockyer moving to five eighths and Billy Slater yet to become Billy Slater. That's real, and it's really the only chance he gets in Origin.
2: Mm. But a, it's, a,
1: it's a great shame. But
2: a, a fabulous player, man. And mm. but even though he was, pro- he like he was very much on the back nine when he did go to South. I always, always loved seeing him do well, and he still had a little bit of, little oh, bit, yeah, of, a gas little, little little bit of gas in the tank. He could still hit a hole. This he game
1: could... is literally called the Reese Wesser game. So, well, or the Dylan Farrell game, one or the other. But the iconic commentary at the end is, is Andy Ramon's name, which we will, of course, get to. But I did love South signing David Peachy at Reese Wesser back-to-back to play fullback. It was fantastic. Just nothing that can't be sold by getting a veteran in there.
2: <laughs> a, uh, a veteran who's a, who gets around the field well.
1: But has anyone ever got around the field better than David Peachy?
2: Oh, it's it's I I don't think so. I don't think Great
1: so. God, he got around the park well. Well,
2: young G. I. got around the park well as well.
1: Mm, and did. I remember
2: I remember when Young G. I first came into first grade, the comp that everyone had was David Peachy.
1: Yeah, right.
2: You know? Mm. Just too good, good, good. We don't mo- get what? enough
1: we, we don't get enough comps of like really good players. Like it's well, either gotten, they get comp to like the greatest ever, or yeah. that and that's it. Like everyone's either the next Anlocky, the next Andrew Johns, the next Sonny Bill, whoever. It's never like it's never the next Reese Wesser. It's never. Well, it's it's, similar, the it's never the next Barrett. It's never the next, dude.
2: I remember when yeah. Josh Dugan came into the first. They said, "Yeah, he's like Brett Mullins," and I was like, "That's actually that's actually not a that's a good comparison. I yeah, like that. I that's like all that." Right.
1: Mullins great player, but like not you know an immortal. So all right,
2: well you know what? Let's let's make that a news. We should try to bring that us. back. Let, let's let's try, try bring and bring back. back more artful comparisons. Yeah, he's the next Michael
1: Butner.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know if the world could handle another Michael Butner.
1: We've got to try and anoint someone the next Willie Tonga.
2: Okay, okay, we'll get All in right. the 11. We'll get in the 11. So sort something we'll work out. this
1: out. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of comps of guys who are very good, but not quite the greatest to ever play. Cause I do think that that's more, I feel like when that happens, it means people have actually kind of watched the guy play a little bit and, and mm. had to put some thought into it. Not that's, just that's this exactly guy's right. good and he plays fullback and he's from Queensland. So he's the next Aaron Lockett.
2: It's yeah, like, yeah, very yeah. much so. like if you, if you have like a more esoteric one, then I'm hundred percent mm. with you. Like if you roll out the next Sunny Bill, my eyes are going to glaze over. But how if many you next say, Sunny Bills have there been, man? Way too many men, but if you say this could be the next Tohu Harris, I'm like, okay, now, yeah, I'm, in. We are. now, now, I'm, now I'm in. Now we're cooking with gas. Now we're back. So, yep. at, this, at this point of this very stupid game, <laughs> it's 30 to 24 to West, and there's 15 minutes to go. South's have just scored. It's good stuff. Here they come, the grand old club.
1: Yep. Uh, Chris Sandow loses the ball, thinks he's won a penalty, and actually kicks the ball away, giving West's. You, you, the- you've
2: missed. You've missed the key sequence. the oh, one sorry. That explains this entire match. Oh,
1: sorry. Benji finds touch from the kickoff. Benji
2: finds touch off the kickoff on tackle and
1: then, one. They go wide.
2: Yep. They spread it out off the scrum, and Bo Ryan gets bundled into touch.
1: Good stuff. And South See, on that the once at inter- a game I went to, and I was furious. I was like, oh you my god! Idiots. It makes but me want to die. Todd Polglaze got thrown that, into dude. touch. I was. it was. The, I remember it clear as day thinking, "It's tackle one. You fucking dopes. What are you doing?" <laughs>
2: and, then, and then on South's next set, Sando yeah. loses the ball. He thinks it's stripped. The ref says it's Just an error. It. <laughs> he kicks the ball away, and we see the very, very rare kick the ball away penalty.
1: We don't. I bring him back. We need more of that. <laughs> Just bring guys being petulant after a bad call goes against them.
2: You've been penalised for bad manners.
1: Oh, please! Uh, not Chrissy though. He's a nice boy. He would never do anything petulant on the field. Free him. Oh, I agree. But um, yeah. So we think it's game over because there's a, a, a really well weighted grubber goes through. Mitch Brown dives on it. They send it upstairs though. And he's, and he's not, he's bounced it. He's, he's
2: bounced. not. Yeah. He's not grounded at all. And oh, west, I thought they were
1: going to do the dreaded torso try for this one, but no, nah, he he just it.
2: west it. Wes had a couple of opportunities to close this out. The Brown no try is one of them. Benji also misses a couple of field goals. He misses one really easy one from about 20 out. Yeah. He absolutely. Yeah. Kicks the shit out of it. Like he could have just dinked it over, but instead he really winds it up. And it's like, it's such a weird thing to remember, but I always feel like if Benji had the opportunity to kick a field goal, he never just like, like dinked it over like Sam Walker did. He was always like, I'm going to put as much fucking power into this thing as I can, as my, as my hamstrings can possibly handle. He's like a wrestler who mm. fights MMA and falls in love with his hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Benji yeah, yeah. came into first grade. He couldn't kick at all. Like had no power whatsoever. Got a bit of power. And he was like, well, why would I ever not kick this shit out of the ball? Mm. Great stuff.
1: Yeah, Reese Wester breaks through. It's forward pass, calls back. That's just before that Benji Field goal miss that you mentioned. And then Souths are trying to get back into it. John Sutton is not the most cultured 5'8 of all time. I think it's fair to say. But he could kick the shit out of that ball when he wanted to put a bomb (laughs) up. I remember one night we were playing the Tigers. It wasn't this game. An older Matt Utah, God rest his soul, was playing on the wing for the Tigers. And John Sutton put up the biggest torpedo bomb I have ever seen in my life. And Matt Utah is standing under it. Hands out. Quivering, and not a soul in that stadium <laughs> thought he was going to catch it. And Matt Utah delivered and and spilled it as we okay. all expected. But
2: I have no doubt that that kick went as high as you said. But for all of Matt Utah's achievements, the high ball was never his. Not friend. one of them. You know what never, I mean? I I'm feel like you friend. don't have to. You don't have to be Matt Burton to get an error out of Matt Utah under the high you, ball. You, you know, know what I'm what's
1: saying? Good? They don't make him like Matt Utah anymore. They, they don't. don't. They don't. Then they should, because Matt Utah fucking ruled.
2: I do said to you, bro, there's this winger down at the Raiders. I think he's the next Matt Utah.
1: Justin Carney could have been the next Matt Utah.
2: He could have been. Yeah. Could have been. Mm.
1: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Sutton puts up one of these trademark gigantic bombs, and Bo Ryan has no chance.
2: He has no idea where it is, and he slips over. South's end up getting a dropout, and Andy They Raymond... nearly
1: get out of this, the Tigers, by the way. They throw about I... five passes in the in goal. One of the best forward, though, I think is ruled.
2: I, I, again, this is a game that like made me burst out laughing several times, but I don't yeah. think I started laughing harder than when Andy Raymond says, Bo knows well not tonight; he doesn't."
1: Yeah, that was. Like, I remember hearing that at the time.
2: Absolutely, like absolutely shocking gear, but that's why it was great. That's why I loved Andy Raymond.
1: Yeah. So Souths get the repeat set, and Sutton himself scores.
0: Is it now or never for South Sydney? Asatasi. To Sutton, Sutton, Sutton. He scores. Well, right on three again. It's a simple case of the grounding down here. John Sutton. I think it's a try. So do I. I think it's a try. And South Sydney have all the energy.
1: I mean, yeah, this was this was trademark Johnny Sutton. This oh, is what this is, this is what he does. This is what he does on that left edge
2: a good offload from uh, Shannon McPherson of Mm. all people to help, to help set it up, you know? And yeah, I got to tell you, I think I'd forgotten how good Sutton was as a five. He Mm. played there way, way too long. He should have been moved to the forwards well before he ever was. It probably stunted his career a little bit in, in some ways, but just a tremendously classy player. And like, so, so, so gifted, so good off that left foot. It was, it was, it was interesting to see, Skinny young John Sutton running around and doing stuff again, you know? Like
1: Yeah. And it's 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 not it's not like from the sideline, but it's not an easy kick for Chrissy. But he knocks it over, and we are tied.
0: Here we go. It's there and we're level.
1: Really interesting at this point, Mark Flanagan gives away a really silly penalty for not being square at marker. He comes back from behind it with a with a second effort tackle. South work the ball down the field, and I actually defend this. They go, Oh, second tackle. Why is he taking the shot at field goal? But it's a really good offload for Masatasi. And then John yeah. Sutton sees that Chris Sandow's in the pocket. Yeah,
2: it's in it's it's in broken play. It's not like a classic. And there's no pressure on Chris at or whatever. all. That's yeah.
1: and that's I think to me is the most important thing with a field goal Is if, if you can get a shot. Well, you don't have anyone running at you. You have to take it. I don't care what tackle well, it
2: is. Dude, 30, out, 30 out right in front for Chris Sando is like shell and peas. You know, it was the thought. year after this when he bangs over one from halfway. I was at that in game Golden in Golden Point. Point
1: against the Roosters. Yep.
2: And this is also the year is a few weeks before this, where Benji Marshall hits one from halfway. It's not yep. in Golden Point. It's at halftime. It's just before at, halftime. At Campbelltown. So we've got two of the absolute superts And Marshall has a field goal shot at one point almost from half one step off one step that very nearly goes up That's goes under power. the crossbar. That's that kicking power. I, told you about, power. Like, I don't Ridiculous. know how he, I don't know how he managed to do it or where he learned it or whatever, but yep. all of a sudden he could just kick those things into orbit.
1: Yeah. So Farah definitely catches South offside side in the last set of regular time. They are like a great dummy half run. Ref doesn't call it full-time siren goes. Farragh is Jared, it's Jared Maxwell, right? Yeah. Gives him an absolute spray. And rightly so. Like he caught the South markers offside. It should have been a penalty. They take it to, they win the game. But that Jared doesn't Maxwell.
2: Jared Maxwell refereed this game like it was 1975. Yep. Play. He really did. Like he was, he was not putting up with any of that stuff around the ruck. There's a bit in the second half where Nathan Merritt, like shoulder, yep. his this- shoulder gets Chris Lawrence directly in the face. Lawrence is as knocked out as a person can be. West get the penalty, but like if it happened today, Merritt would be sent off, no question. I say this this one; he doesn't even get put on report. Yeah, Maxwell calls the captains over because there's a bit of a a set too afterwards. Like Isaac Luke tries to fight someone and all that. Maxwell just calls the captains over and he said, "All right, you both got your lumps in. Now let's play some footy.
1: Let's play some footy."
0: What what year is this? What a (laughs) gentleman,
1: classy way to handle that. I'm glad you mentioned that because Nathan Merritt is my favorite rugby league player of all time. Really. He should absolutely have been sent off. <laughs> it is heinous. It, oh, if pe- so people good. go back and watch the, 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 shout out to I think it's Rabbitohs Rewind was the YouTube channel that put the full game up. It's it's just it's just after South's score, the Dylan Farrell try to make it uh, twenty eight to sixteen or something. But yeah, the hit's as bad as it gets, and I can't decide what's funnier: the commentary going, oh, some of the South players think Chris Lawrence is staying down to milk a penalty as Chris Lawrence is, as you said, the most knocked out a human being has ever he's been. The
2: ones, he's doing the ones where well. like he's so knocked out that he's holding his arms up, but they are kind yep. of just like flapping in the breeze. And then bit,
1: like even funnier than that, finally, after play resumes, they cut to Scott Sattler and he goes, boys, I might be in the majority, but I thought it was a great tackle. Thought it was a clean hit play on,
2: bring sats back. If Fox <laughs> league have the minerals, they'll bring back sats.
1: Nothing's ever. I love those old heads where nothing is ever a penalty. No, nah. But no. like, it's so funny. Like that is a, a, a clear send off to just me. A good, it's just a good tackle. He jumped. Like if people, if if people aren't going to go and watch it, like remember when Chad Townsend jumped and hit a stationary Kalen Ponga? It was kind of like that, except Chris Lawrence was moving. Yeah, so that's the only that difference. <laughs> the only difference is that Kalen Ponga was standing still. It's that kind of tackle. It's so bad from Nathan Merritt of all people. who wasn't known for doing things like that. But um, yeah, probably a send off. And instead. Nick, uh golden point begins. John Sutton gets hurt almost immediately. And now Nathan Merritt is playing 58 Yeah, it, it
2: really uh it really it got too to, to, yeah. uh, towards the end. Like I I love Golden Point. I absolutely mm. love it. I always have. Um but this was one of those games where I was, you know, there's all those there's people who say, Oh, it just turns into field goal shootouts and no one's any good at them, so they just spray them all the time. That's if exactly I was what anti happened. if I was anti-Golden Point, the first Nine minutes and fifty-eight seconds of extra time in this game are a great, great example in your favour. Like just, yeah, so no- the, just the, nothing, just nothing. The
1: first one is the Benji one that we mentioned from halfway, which is as close as either team gets. Chrissy has a couple, uh, crappy pot shots. Uh, Dandere gets on right at the at very end of the thing that gets charged down. But by and large, it's just going back and forth. No one's getting close to the try line. They're just trading places. It looks you as need, though
2: you need you need a true surface. To to launch a field goal because you're relying on the ground to do so. You can't launch a field goal from the muck. And this game was in the muck.
1: You know, it's part of the part of the
2: appeal, part of the thrill. But it's 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 a knife fight in the mud, baby.
1: We've played 89 minutes and 58 seconds. Rugby league. And it looks as though nothing will split these two teams. As I said, Chris Sander gets his kick, charged down. Nobody told Reese West.
0: This is perfect. Tackle four. Sand at the back. He strikes it. Charge down. And Asatasi with 15 seconds to go plays the football. Great effort Bryce Gibbs. Are we going to get one more play? Wessa. 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 South's looking to win. De Corrigan inside. This victory of the season, South Sydney. How did you do it?
1: I think this was, at this point in my life, the greatest moment of my life as a South fan. Wow. Think of how shit we were. Like, I, that's I not under- a high bar. I,
2: no, 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 no. I understand that. I understand that. Like you'd only seen Souths make the finals once, once and know, they were thirty to six. They got smashed by Manly. Uh, maybe that win over the Roosters in 05, 05. That first win in was, a long time. Been was grounded, didn't goal. go to the game. Oh, that's tough. What about
1: yeah.
2: round 109 where you put 50 on them?
1: That was sick too. But, and Chrissy I scores mean,
2: the chip and chase try and that's Russell, Russell yeah, Crowe yeah. does the thumbs
1: yeah, down. Yeah, but that, that, that's a game, Nick. This is a moment. And this moment, I think, only got superseded a couple of years later by, you can take me now, I've seen it all. But my god, you talked about how Reese Wester didn't develop a passing game. Well... A weird day to make that point, Nick, as Reese Wester throws the greatest pass in the history of rugby it's league. Five which didn't go forward <laughs> so because forward. if it was forward, the referees would have called it as such.
2: It's so forward, Doc. I love and, it. I love it. But like I said, Maxwell, he let him play. Yeah, let him he'd play. Let and him
1: why, play, is, why is why, is, why is Sean Corrigan on the bench? I'll tell you why. Because John Sutton's going to get injured. Nathan Merritt's going to have to go to 5 Dylan Farrell's going to go to the wing. And Sean Corrigan's going to come in, play centre, and feed Dylan Farrell to score the winning try in the corner.
2: Bro, hat-trick on DeBoo winning try in extra time as the siren sounds like you, you dream of things like that like when you're kicking the footy around as a mm. as a young fella and you're like oh you know captain for the raiders this plucky debutant. you know what i mean like it's not supposed to actually happen
1: no it's not supposed to actually i was happen. thinking what about this right so i i vividly remember luke brooks's debut i remember Sonny bill's debut both fantastic games chrissy's debut as well fantastic yeah. game i know jordan I know Jordan Atkins and Charlie Staines both scored four tries in debut, but those were both blowout wins for their respective teams. I think you can make a case that in the NRL era, this is the best debut that a player has because he didn't just find out on the day that he was playing and get thrown into first grade. He scores a hat trick, the first of which is a fantastic solo try, the second of which is a very classy bit of finishing. And then the third is, I assume, the latest a try has ever been scored in a regular season NRL game to win the game for his club on debut and to not only win the game, but to keep their season alive. I think when you factor all of that in, you can make the case that Dylan Farrell had the best debut for any player in the NRL era. I,
2: I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Like um, what are some other, some other, some other great ones, like Sonny Bill on debut. I know yeah. that was another blowout, but that was, he was so good in that game. I remember the week after Sonny debut, Laurie Daly had an article in big league saying that Sonny Bill could become the greatest New Zealand player ever after one game. And you know what? Game. The game was that good, you know, or I yeah, think about it was. Billy Slater. He scored like a 60 meter try on debut for the storm as part of a comeback from 22 points down. That's, that's probably right up mm. there as well. Um, remember Matt Moylan's debut for the, yeah. yeah yeah for yeah, the yeah. Panthers against, uh, against the Eels, but that was another blowout, man. If you want to say that Farrell had the best ever,
1: because I'm, I'm not no, sure I'm it's not, the best I'm, performance, but when you factor in the, I'm not, the I'm importance you, of what yeah. he did, like yeah. other guys played better games on debut. Like I was there when Payne Haas debuted and he looked like he was a 10-year veteran of the NRL, like as a, as, a, as a kid. And But I just think with what happened in this game and how it happened, I, I think you can say it's the best debut purely because of what it accomplished.
2: I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then he Farrell, God bless him, gives an incredibly pumped up interview post-match Where it's clear he has no idea what he's saying. No. Like he's just he looks he's how old was he? He's like 19 or something? Yep. And he's just he looks he's so so young. He's so so pumped. He's so excited and so happy for what him and the boys have pulled off. Just fantastic stuff. And like I I, again, the pass from Wesser is so so forward, but I love how I love how he plays the big part in this as well, just sort of knifing through past some lazy defenders. Sean Corrigan, did Sean Corrigan play first grade again after this?
1: Uh, Yes, he did.
2: How many games? Not many.
1: Uh, The, my most vivid memory of Sean Corrigan playing was the night me and Harry Ramage went up to Newcastle for the win and in game. Oh yeah. Uh, Well,
2: yeah, yeah. this is the, this is the only game he played this season. He played like, I think 26 games overall, but I love that. Like another unlikely hero sort of standing up and getting it done. Just unbelievable. And I swear to God, I swear to God. Whoever was on the buzzer at ANZ Stadium that night held the button down and just like <laughs> let it ring out because it's the longest yeah. siren I think I've ever heard in my and life. And I vividly and you know remember. Good on him. Good yeah, for him I vividly
1: remember waiting, um, waiting for the to hear the referee's whistle to confirm the try as well. Because, but you know, it's <laughs> going to get given though because you know they can't call forward passes. Well, so, do, I can't,
2: do they send? They don't. They don't send it up at all, do they? No,
1: they don't. It's well, they can't. He scored. He grounded it so.
2: No, but like this, remember this. You know, you'd think then, that they
1: would check it when they like yeah. checking the fucking Kyle Felt try in the 2015 yeah, 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 oh, yeah. You'd think yeah. they they check everything. They just look for reasons not to give tries. <laughs> um, fun fact, the Sean Corrigan played 26 games and the only try he scored was at that winning game that me and Harry went to. The oh, no,
2: no. As an way. outside back,
1: that's quite bad.
2: Not the best.
1: Oh, what a player. Um, but yeah, Dylan Farrell. It's interesting because, I mean, never his career never really hit the heights that people of thought. It was going to, I think it's fair to say. And then, of course, yeah. he had some not great off-field stuff uh, after that. And, and I hope he's still – I'm not sure what – do you know what he's up to now? Do you, do you...
2: Uh, last I heard, he was playing in the – Captain coaching groups... Nowra,
1: right? Yeah,
2: he's playing in Group 7, so he's back home. But I think that might have been as recently as last year. Oh, was That he, was, right, that he cool. was running around for them last year or the year before or something like that. So,
1: yeah. And do you remember, do you remember, Nicholas, the other game he scored a hat-trick in?
2: Um, I, I'll give you a hint. It's another wanna, incredible finish. I want to guess it's against Saints. Is it against Saints?
1: Yep. It sure is. In a game where they were down 20-0 against the defending premiers at Wynn Stadium. uh, And I remember I was sitting in the media, I was at that game. I remember seeing the media, I was, and, a, and another prominent rugby league journalist uh, said, this could be an apology game from John Lang, as, as, as I think, Someone went over to make it 20 nil after like 30 minutes. But instead, second half hat trick, Dylan Farrell, if you remember. And then South ended up winning. And I think Nathan Merritt scores after the siren to make 34 to 24. But yeah, mm. it came from 20 nil down against the defending premiers to, to beat them. And Dylan Farrell got a hat-trick that day, the match winner as well.
2: I, I just uh Googled Dylan Farrell to see what he's doing at the minute. Hmm? Life and retirement's been tough.
1: Ah, all right. Yep. Well, I hope I hope he gets the help he needs because he was a part of some really good moments for me as a South fan, both in That Tigers game and that Dragons game a year later, and this game, yeah, it was fantastic. But it, it's funny because South did the double over the Tigers this year, but it's the Tigers who end up going on to almost win the competition, as we discussed. They make it all the way to the preliminary final against the eventual premiers, uh, St. George, losing 13 12 in a game that I went to that was a really, really, really good game. Uh, and South, of course, like
2: 70,000 70, or something out yeah, of yeah, it was packed out mate. of state it was crazy, in Australia, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, and um, South, of course. Go into the final game of the season knowing. I remember they played the Sunday a weird a Sunday seven a Sunday PM night
2: kickoff. game. Yes, yep.
1: And I'll remember. I'll never forget this because I was at work again, and it it had come out that South were resting. Jamie Sauer, Ben Hornby, Dean Young, Jeremy Smith, Trent Merrin, and, and a couple of other guys. Um, it came out they're resting all these guys for the finals because they were locked into first spot. And I remember people thinking, "Oh, Bungard, you're gonna make the finals. You're gonna make the finals." And a Dragons team, the back line is still unbelievable. The back five is Boyd, Morris, Gaznia, Cooper, Nightingale. So I don't care who yeah, else so is it's, on the field.
2: so it's, it's the big time back five.
1: But a half combination of Kyle Stanley and Nathan Thien. Nathan Thien.
2: Nathan Fien was a good play. You leave him Yeah, alone.
1: And, and a forward pack of Neville Costigan, old Luke Prittis, Mick Waven, Bo Scott, Ben Cray, Matt Pryor, and a bench of Jared Safi, Nick Emmett, John Green, and Cameron King.
2: What a bench. Against
1: a full-strength Rabbitohs. and you thought, all they got to do is win and in. Souths are up 18-16 at halftime. Dragons win thirty-eight twenty-four. Ben Cray scores a hat-trick. You've you,
2: you buried the lead there because the Dragons were up 16 nil because mm. Ben Cray got a hat-trick in the first like fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah, it's not yeah.
2: what it's not what you want, you know.
1: No, uh, this was in the time period where South finished ninth like two or three years in a row, losing, winning in games in multiple years. So which win, in, which
2: winning in game was worse? This one. I think this one, one was worse because at
1: least with the Knights one, I was with Harry and I was happy for him, so it was fine. And then you know after that things were pretty good for a few years so it's okay but yeah this game 2010 i'll never forget it when my, my, my mate jack who I used to work at mcdonald's with um had a facebook notification i checked facebook after this game and then it was like jack clark this was 2010 so people put you post on each other's walls you remember that Yes, I do. I was like, Jack Clark has posted on your wall. And I, and I and I clicked on it and said, this post is gone. I messaged him. I'm like, did you post a ha-ha sucked in? Because he was a Tigers fan. I'm like, did you post a gloating message on my wall and then delete it after he won? And he was like, yes.
2: Oh, what a scumbag.
1: <laughs> Cop that. What you a gotta scumbag. you got
2: to leave it. you got to leave it. Although, if you do leave it, then you can end up in a situation like you are yep. in now where every time the middle of the year comes around, People mm-hmm. find an old status of yours about Nathan Merritt playing. Nathan Origin Merritt day is the worst school. day of
1: my life. It is it's like, it's like the day, whatever day it was that year, Facebook memories is like 12 of my mates posting on my Facebook going, Nathan Merritt shit. I think
2: that's all that's keeping Facebook alive now. It's, it's the worst just... day of my, I, and I never remember when
1: it's coming. And I just wake up and I just hear like, it's like all these wall posts. Oh, Nathan Merritt sucks. I'm like, ah, yes, it's that day. Good. <laughs> the worst day of my life. Oh, well, the worst day of my life so far. That's, That's right, brother. It can it. always get worse. It can. It can get a lot worse. We're pretty lucky. We're pretty fortunate. It's, uh...
2: So I, real quick, though. So you're mm. watching this game in the Fox Sports stats bunker. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: How do you react? What do you do? Do you fall to your knees like Willem Defoe? It's not the Platoon, press box. Like...
1: There was cheering all the time during games that people played. Yeah. There was a lot of yelling. Everyone was hooting and hollering. Everyone. So I wasn't alone. So it was fine. It was great. Did they did they, car-
2: great. did they carry you to the pub on their shoulders?
1: They didn't. Unfortunately, I remember one of them. One of them was like, "That's gone fucking ten meters forward." But uh, <laughs> and you know what? If it was forward, they would have called it. That's so, right.
2: So by definition, it must have gone backwards.
1: It went so far forward. <laughs> it's, it's like, is it the most forward pass that's ever been allowed to score? Because it's one thing, right? It's like when someone pops a short ball. you think like 2014 grand final when Kiri throws last pass to Inglis for that try. That's forward, right? But that's a little short ball in the middle of the field. If the ref misses that, so be it. Also, it's the end. Of it. Who gives a shit? The Wesser Pass is a fucking Sam Walker harbor bridge pass that goes 30 meters. It's like, how have you missed this? Max is letting him play. Let, let, let the, he did let let the players play. decide. And you know what? Decided they did. Decided they did. Nathan Merritt, we salute you. What a king. Why did I say Nathan Merritt? Reese Wesser. I'm still thinking about Nathan Merritt and how I always wanted the best for him.
2: <laughs> still uh, still rattled by those Facebook those Facebook
1: memories. And like always, this ends with me being sad about Nathan Merritt's career. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. We did it. That was it. 2010. You like that? You get more of them if you give us money. That's how it works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a certain tier that you can sign up on the Patreon where you can suggest you, your own game. You suggest the games for us. The only rule is no grand finals because they're too yeah. easy. But if you yeah. want to, if you have a game that's near and dear to your heart that you want us to, I'm not doing the 2013 prelim. You, you must.
1: Why did I say that?
2: You must. The only no. rule is no grand finals. I'm making it
1: a rule. No, no we, I, will, I will.
2: I will not have it. <laughs> what about the other prelim? No games yet? where Tom no.
1: Simons scores the last try of the game for Manly. <laughs> that's my other rule. Fucking. What up. if
2: someone? What if someone wants to do the um it's, the Boosters Knights prelim from twenty
1: thirteen? you? Do, that's fine. Will, that's will you deny them? No, I would never. I would. <laughs> I want someone to pick like the most rankest shittest game, like a round nine game at the old Townsville Stadium, where like the Cowboys won like. 12 8 okay, against the I, Crushers or some shit.
2: If I wanted to do something like that, there's the game I would pick. I think it's like twenty fifteen or sixteen. And the Cowboys beat the Tigers eight nil at Campbell. I remember Hill. that game. Yeah. And I think for the first seventy-eight minutes, it's two nil. And neither like neither team can do I want to do that Dragons Eels game where they
1: win eight one.
2: No, that's awesome
1: though. That's I'll never forgive Matt Cooper for scoring that try at the end. I know. Should have been two one. Two one would have been amazing. Oh well.
2: We would have told the kids about it. Now it's just a sideshow. Now it's nothing.
1: And also, the, the well, actually, the only other rule is we're at the mercy of what fucking games we can find, you know, the full game on. yeah but oh, this, It's getting, it's getting easier, though. It's getting yeah, better. Bit. A, yeah, shout out Rabbitohs Rewinds for posting this whole game on the YouTube That's channel. That's
2: right. If Enjoy. you have a game that you want us to talk about, just get on there and let us know. And, and you it does help If
1: you can find the YouTube or somewhere of it in advance and send that with us, that helps your chances of us picking your game. Yeah. So... There we go. We did it. And you must be a member. Read out the names, baby. Of our patrons. Go to patreon.com forward slash Rookies. you get access to our Discord server. Entry into the Coltrane Cup, which is coming up, the best footy tipping competition on earth. And you'll get an extra show every single week as well as the option to choose greatest games and other whatnot. So thank you too. Chris Sabnell, Dave, go woke, go captain Australia. Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Ashley and Martin. Broncos legend, Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Pomb, Butsy, up against Dan Cullinane, David Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, he remains an English man. Hi, I'm Mitt Bertrand, and I have redacted. I was saying Boo Ernst, Jerome Loewe, Hungy Pitt, Gift Fund, Jason Joe, Joe Wrigley, John, Josh Brown, and Kicks of the Cop, and Hancock, Luke Charles Midmore, Mads Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Michael, Bulldog Burton's Booming Bombs, Bamboozle, Bumbling Backs, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Nick Campton, rugby union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy. Now, four walls are got 24 hour a day constant companions. All Max 78, Reese Brown, Rodrigo Eduardo, Rodrigo Eduardo. Go. I can't yell or the microphone cuts out. Roxanne Clark, Stephen Vegas, Shanta Tai, the Black Vegetable, the Quiet Man in the Stand, Thor, Tom Hardy, was. We are now having shouts to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who listens. All listeners, please send five of your Australian dollars to thematbungard on twitter.com. Westlife Podcast, West Tigers are back, baby. William Henry Harrison, and well, I never guard my buns. But thank you for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who listens. Thank you as well.
2: Shout out the Quiet Man in the Stand.
1: Mm. I do like that some have changed and some have stayed the same. Speaking of Broncos legend Adam Reynolds, I did love the first uh, story of the preseason. Oh, Reynolds Reynolds got a got a niggling injury at training.
2: We got it. We got to get. We got to get some games happening soon, dude. Even if they're just trial games, people are going crazy with it. Like the second someone pulls up a bit sore at training, they're mm. like, season in
1: jeopardy?" I mean, you. I mean, you and I know better than to click on those stories. But for the rest of you, I will encourage you. make twenty twenty four the year that you don't click on any of those clickbait headlines for any of the aggregation websites read campo stuff read my stuff whenever i do feel like writing something read stuff on the herald read st- read, read stuff that our friends at, at aap and the telegraph right just fuck everything else off be the reason i see in WC. the world exactly right exactly right um but yeah i i know has anyone trained the house down yet have you seen
2: no but we're getting closer to that once uh once we start getting closer to trials and like you know, we start talking about the rookies and the super coach hmm. cheapies which, and all which that sort of stuff. Lad, then some are going to be trained as a
1: large lad won the battle of the bulge yet?
2: Yeah. Oh, Valence, Valence Tavare.
1: he sure did. Yeah, hundred percent. knockout. Man. Yeah, I remember cop reading, that, I remember you caught the little bulge, bro. The little guide used to get in the paper every year. The little, the little, the little sort of like pocket-sized guide you would get for the pre the preseason the preview. Mm. Every year, it'd be like, oh, and Craigie's won his latest round of the. Uh, with the Battle of the Bulge. And then the season would start and he'd just be a big fat Dynamo again. It was sick. I loved it. I the, loved only way,
2: the only way that this 2010 game could have been better would have been if Owen Craigie played one half for both sides. Man, what a player.
1: Oh, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, so I hot. thought you I'm might. Gonna, I'm going to go have a cold shower or something. Not just because this game was so exciting because it's 37 <laughs> degrees. Very good. Let's get All out of right. here. All right. Say goodbye, Nick.
2: Goodbye, Bertrand.
1: That's goodbye from Nick.